to back out now <laughs> you know it's funny how often our guests say that <laughs> that's actually that was the opening line of this podcast in case yes. you're wondering it's too late to back out now that's that's <laughs> yes too late that's to very accurate yeah. back out now maybe Noel. that's that that yeah. might be close to a worthy tag Oh, that like, might oh, be too late to back out now. Too late oh. to back out now. I yeah, kind of so like if, that. So. If, if you uh, if you hadn't heard yet on any of the, the podcasts you listen to, we have, we have a, a we start with one tag at the beginning of every year, which is our, our little you know it's a, a the one that we do every time. Beacon uh, of which light is your beacon of light in a gloomy environment. Um, and then as the as the year goes on, by the time we get to the end, we usually have several. We get to like a dozen. Because a dozen tags at the end of every show. If there's something interesting or worthwhile that happens or funny, we'll we'll add it to our list of tags. And then by the end of the year, it just gets longer and longer. So that nice. could be one. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, welcome to the Biofriendly Podcast. I'm Jacob. And I'm Noel. And today, Noel, we have a special guest. We, we do. have Yes, we have Jonathan Levy. He is the Senior Vice President of Business Development at EVGo. So welcome to the Biofriendly Podcast, Jonathan. Do you go by welcome, John or Jonathan? I go by Jonathan, although honestly, most of the company, including our CEO, just calls me by my last name. But nice. That's an okay. old vestige of too many Jonathans and Johns hanging around all the time. Yeah. I've never had that problem with a name like Noel. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I do get a lot of Noels. Sometimes yeah. I'll just let that fly. We'll just live with it and be like, okay, it's Noel. From here on out, we, we my name a, is Noel. We have a Noel on our team who's, who's fantastic and has been around at EVGO longer than I have. But there's also a Noel who works on EVs for the California Energy Commission. And so we work very closely with a Noel who's quite expert in uh, transportation electrification. Oh, well, well, it's good well, there's well. a couple of Noles who are experts because I'm good. just a, I'm walking. Because <laughs> you, you know, so are the opposite of an expert. You're you a D exactly. expert. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something nice and I was wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling saucy. I'm feisty. Feeling, feeling feisty, ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, no, depending no. on how this goes, if Jacob wants Noles and surround sound, we could see if Noel wants to join Noel here. Yes, oh, yes. That's oh, how that, we'll do it. That's we get, amazing. We'll get as many Noles on this as, at once as we can. We should have one of those, uh, like like when they have like a conference on Zoom and there's just 200 oh, yeah. faces on it and all of them it. except for you are named Noel. Wouldn't that yeah. be something? <laughs> that would be something else. I love, I love that you go mostly by your last name because I think that, I don't know what it is, that is an immediate like closer friendship, I think, when somebody refers to you by your last name. You feel like you're on a team. You, you know, if somebody's just like, hey, Givens, I'm just like, yeah, what are we doing? What are we, I'm in, I'm in, whatever it is, I'm in. So, <laughs> so you get called that That's around cool. your office. Yep, that or I'm in trouble, one of those. Yeah, two. yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Awesome, <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, welcome. It's it's so welcome. it's so exciting to uh, to to have you here. This is this is a, a an intimate topic for us. Something that's very close to our hearts. Yes, because uh, because we you know we uh, we're we're in the uh, we're in the automotive industry, but but uh, oftentimes I think people get confused with uh, with our other like our main product, Green Plus. They they think that because we sell an additive that reduces emissions, that we don't want electric vehicles to succeed that we are against you know uh, this this revolution and uh, it's it's oftentimes that jacob and i are at different shows and we have to sort of explain no we're, we're quite the opposite we're an environmental company we we uh, we want to see electric vehicles succeed we want to see them grow uh we want to see that, that blossom our our uh, our goal with our product is to 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 bridge the gap to to make it so that places where it's a little more difficult to get that electrical goal in place. We, we try to give them a solution that reduces their emissions a little bit and buys them time. And we kind of, we target that, you know, uh, we, we target developing countries and diesel fuel mostly. And 
we love electric vehicles. Yeah. But one thing that is has has been a problem in the past, and it's something that that is something that that I think a lot of people know is needs to be confronted with electric vehicles is how are we going to charge them when you're on a road trip from yard to thar? How are we going to, how are you going to keep them going? Uh, as we figure out how to make better batteries and how to get them to, to last a longer and, and, you know, so on. So having you on is really fantastic for us. and We're glad to have you. Definitely. So, welcome. Thank um, you. I'm really happy uh, to yeah. be here. <laughs> cool. Cool. So, uh, I, I guess to, to start off, it's kind of probably different, right? When you're charging, when you're when you're trying to pick a site to uh, to have your EV go set up. Obviously, I mean, a, a gas station is is. I mean, I guess that's a possible site, but really, it's probably not as convenient as to put it somewhere where someone needs to go for a while, right? Because it takes even with your and you guys have the fastest or one of the fastest charging systems, as I understand it. But even with that, you probably want to set it up somewhere where people are going to be for a moment. Is that is that right? Yeah, one of the one of the key things that we think a lot about at EVgo is matching throughput of the charger to the use case, right? Our goal is to integrate charging into your everyday life. So if you are going to the grocery store, you can you know stop and charge for whatever duration of time you're at the grocery store. A 50 kilowatt charger can give you about 90 miles in 30 minutes. It depends on the charge rate that's acceptable by the car. A lot of folks are unfamiliar with the fact that the car can control the maximum rate of throughput, and then you can have various chargers. But even with 100 kilowatt chargers, 150 kilowatt chargers, or even slower chargers that are on the other side of that spectrum, people don't always stay for a full charge, right? On fast chargers, once you get above 80, 85% full, the battery starts to protect itself and slows down the rate of charge. So all of that kind of points to people are starting to treat charging their cars more like opportunity charging with their cell phones. Ah. So we have, we have a lot of folks that uh, we have a bunch of different types of customers. So there's the EVgo customer that basically charges at home for almost everything and just uses EVgo when they're out and about. That customer is going to probably charge all the way to 80% or whatever he or she needs to get to where they're going, your, your yarn thar comment. Um, <laughs> there's the EVgo customer that charges, you know, like every once in a while when they're at the grocery store, right? And so we've got more than 100 fast chargers at Whole Foods and at Walmarts and at, at places like that because... How long do you spend there? 20 to 30 minutes, which is a great amount of time. Then we have the, the EVgo customers that rely entirely on public charging, and therefore they tend to rely on public fast charging. And those can be apartment dwellers like me. Those can be rideshare drivers. Those folks will seek out charging. And so they like it still to be at a place with an amenity, like a mall or a, a strip mall or a grocery store or something else, a convenience store, because they want to take a bathroom break. They want to go pick up a, a Coke or a burger or whatever it is. And so uh, in each of those cases, you see slightly different behavior, but for all of them, convenience and reliability are paramount. And that's why when EVgo is doing our, our siting, we want to be working with great partners. And we've been very fortunate to be working with great partners like Whole Foods and Simon Properties. And we've just uh, been opening our, our first, um, some more of the convenience store partnerships like Sheets and Wawa out in Virginia and, and other places on the East Coast, knowing that there's these great opportunities to make sure that we're expanding uh, access to electric vehicles for everybody. 
That is cool. awesome. I really like this analogy of the cell phone charger because for me, I don't own an electric vehicle yet. You know, it's one of those things that it is becoming more and more accessible um, with as more and more cars are being released. But so I don't have the experience or the knowledge of the charging process. But I immediately, when I started reading up on you guys, I was like, when, when you first get your cell phone and they give you the charger that comes with it and you somehow, whether it's it, you got an iPad or something and you have the much larger, more powerful charger for your phone, you use that and it's like your battery's like zip. And that's essentially <laughs> kind of like what EVgo is all about, right? It's like a, it's a much more efficient, faster charge for your car. Is what am I right? Yeah, look, I yeah. think one of the ways that's really helpful to understand electric vehicles and the benefits of EVs for folks that aren't as familiar is electricity is everywhere, which means right. that if you have an EV, there's always an ability you can plug into a wall outlet. We call that trickle charging. And even though you're not going to get that much of a charge, you're going right. to get something. And so right. you theoretically, the average American drives less than 30 miles a day. For most folks, trickle charging overnight is actually fine. And then yeah. they can supplement with fast charging out when they need it every once in a while. Sure. For, for other folks, especially those that don't have access to home charging, or even some that do, they prefer to use level two chargers, which are the you know about 6.6 .6 kilowatts, which is a power level. I promise not to go technical because I'm not the technical <laughs> one. Um, but but those tend to fill fill your battery depending on the size of the car between four and eight hours, which is great if you have a garage and you you do more than 30 miles a day, or if you use it at workplace or at a at a sporting event or something like that. Fast charging is the next level, as you said. It's like that amped up iPad charger, so that you can get 90, 120 miles, whatever it is, in that 30 minute range that you, where you're charging that ends up being really the key to unlocking EV access for more people. That and longer range, lower cost cars, which we finally have with obviously everybody knows the Model 3, but the Nissan Leaf Plus is now over 200 miles. The Chevy Bolt is over 240 now. The Kia Niro, the Hyundai Kona, and now there's a ton more cars that are, that are either out or coming out. It really has changed the game. And in fact, I would argue that the infrastructure game is a hell of a lot better than most people assume. You know, when I started working on electric vehicles, I was working on Capitol Hill, and it was everybody used the phrase alternative fuels or alternate fuels or anything like that. And we've gotten to the point where we're like, it's not really that much of an alternative anymore. It's it, we can still call them advanced fuels, but it's not that alternative because we have we EVgo alone, we have more than 800 fast charging locations, more than 1,300 fast chargers. We're at a point where more than 115 million Americans are within a 15-minute drive of one of our fast chargers. And we're only wow. one of many players. And in California last year, which is more than half of more than half of electric vehicles in the U.S. were sold, we grew our network 40% to the point where 85% of Californians live within that 15-minute drive of an EVgo fast charger. So there's us. There are other players. There really is charging in a lot of places, and we're growing. Others are growing. It's become easier than ever to go electric. And then the thing that's really awesome. I mean, I guess I should ask you guys this question, if that's okay with me departing from the format. But have you guys yeah, thought of electric vehicles? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. My my uh, my my brother, uh, he got his he got his hands on a on a Tesla and uh, popped into ludicrous mode for me, and and uh, and that's it's, the rest is it's so much fun. It's so much fun. <laughs> it's great. Like you just you step on it, and it's like you disappear from wherever it was that you were. You're just gone. It's it's, it's yeah. No, yeah. they're they're. They're they're fun. They're great. They 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 uh they motor, man. They move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like the torque the torque's incredible. The quietness is incredible, and it's not just the Teslas. Like the the Teslas, all of them right. are amazing cars. Right. I, I was in a Leaf, 
and I passed an Alfa Romeo and I had this moment of like, that didn't just happen, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's not supposed to happen. But it, the, a regular EV has the same pickup as a sports car in terms of an yeah. ice vehicle. Yeah, I've watched a ton of YouTube videos of, uh, you know, pinning uh, Tesla specifically up against these hot rods. And it just blows my mind every time because these poor guys with their horsepower and their beast machines, you know, are so powerful. And you just see them get smoked out there on the quarter mile. And it's just like, wow, you just can't believe, you know, what an electric car can do. So I, I, I think they're amazing. My first real experience with one was seeing, you know, the computer giant panel screen that was inside of one. And I was like, I can't. I can't believe that's what the inside of that car looks like. And then with the, you know, what are those called? Suicide doors? Is that what that's called? The what are, are they talking called? about? The Model X? Where yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the DeLorean. Yeah, it's like the DeLorean. So that's like stuff from from the future that you always imagine. But I am I am seeing so many more prevalent electric vehicles uh, coming out, and I'm glad you listed some because I think for our listeners, um, because the other one is like the Nike, the Coca Cola of electric vehicles. It's good to hear these other brands, these other companies that are making electric vehicles because I think the word needs to get out on that for the consumer to know that there's more options than something that literally costs. Uh, 10 times what a regular car costs, you know? So, yeah, well, not the 10 three times. Is, the three has become pretty affordable where you can, yeah. you can get a $40,000, $45,000 Model 3 and depending on where you live and getting some more incentives on your income level. Um, but you're right, it's not just Tesla. Although I will say something that's both uh, interesting and dispiriting at times is California every year does a survey of consumers and they found that fewer than 50% of Californians could name a single model of electric vehicle and just saying Tesla counts as an answer and it's part of why we at EVgo are part are founding members of an organization called Veloz, where the entire mission is just raising awareness. Did you yeah. know that BMW has an i3 that you can get right now? Did you know that uh, your utility may have a, a rebate on the on either the car itself through a partnership with the manufacturer or on the cost of electricity? I mean, there's all these financial incentives, non-financial incentives. Where I live in Santa Monica, if you drive an electric vehicle, you don't have to pay at parking meters. Really? You can't no. overstay. If it's a one-hour space, it's a one-hour space. But you don't have to feed the meter if you have an appropriate sticker that shows that it's a, a full battery electric vehicle. I was not aware of that. That is very <laughs> interesting stuff. Wow. wow. Wild and wacky. Yeah. Wild and wacky. Um, I see for the, the, the people who listen to our show and watch it, too, on YouTube, Jonathan came ready with a nice Zoom wallpaper uh, behind him, which I was trying to, before we started, I had one loaded up, too, but his is even more scenic and beautiful. Where is that one located? That is Southside Park in Sacramento. So we have, ah, uh, there's actually six yeah. chargers behind me, three 150 kilowatt chargers and 350 kilowatt chargers. Wow. Uh, and this is a great location, really close to the state capitol. Uh, we had some some great leaders from the California Energy Commission and, and others in Sacramento join us at the ribbon cutting for that. And um, it's been it's been fantastic because, as I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, there's all sorts of drivers for EVs. And there are a number of California legislators that are among them that commute to Sacramento and they're bolts or their Teslas. And so having a place where they can charge is great. But there's also different small companies that have been doing electrified rideshare. Obviously, there's been some news about Lyft through their Express Drive partnership. And we've been working with them in Atlanta and in Seattle and in Denver, putting EVs into their rideshare fleets. But there's also a company called uh, Gig Car Share. 
which is based in Sacramento, and they've been able to use our chargers and other companies' chargers to do a car share program with some electric vehicles. Because part of this is all, like you said, some of your listeners aren't aware of what's out there. If you were to do a car share and you could get a Bolt for a day or you could get the Leaf for the day or the Nero for the day or the i3 for the day, you'll have a whole new appreciation for it. And so it's been great to be able to work with all these companies collaboratively, even with our competitors, to help raise the tide and make sure everybody gets a chance to, to see what it's all about. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, so I was noticing you, you, uh, you mentioned Capitol Hill. And I know our audience may not know that you, you, uh, you, were, you were previously the, uh, the deputy chief of staff at the U.S. Department of Energy um, under the Obama administration. Is that's that, awesome. Did I have all that right? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. right. I also was, was on Capitol Hill working for a member of Congress before that, uh, which yeah. is when I first started working on EVs. Okay. Really? Well, I, I, yeah, I, I bring it up because, you know, I mean, Obama obviously was, was way ahead of the curve on, on, uh, on wanting to make it easier for the electric vehicle to, to make its mark and, and get in there. Um, do you have any uh, insight on, on kind of how that, like the beginning, the early days of, of EV and like going from this is, you know, the, the death of the electric car and it's never going to happen to, wait, it might happen. And, oh, now we're, we're getting people like Elon Musk willing to push this thing along and, and, and becoming what it is today. I mean, I, I would be really interested to hear what, what it was like in the beginning, in the early days. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I was there at the beginning, beginning, because I think okay. I felt like in 2000 and six, seven, eight, I was kind of getting dropped into where there was already this great community of EV advocates and I was learning from them. So you mentioned who killed the electric car. Uh, you know, they mailed copies of that movie. This is back when people actually bought DVDs, right? They mailed <laughs> copies of that DVD to every congressional office. So I took that movie home and watched it and was like, wow, I had no idea that this was happening. I, got, I knew about natural gas vehicles and I knew about EVs, but I didn't really understand. And so it was really fascinating because in Congress you had pockets, people that had driven them. Uh, GM came up and did a did a ride and drive with their fuel cell vehicle, and so you would every once in a while you'd get this exposure. But it wasn't quite until I moved from from the Hill to the Department of Energy that I really got into it with the experts at DOE and the national labs, and then really got to know some of the other folks that were working, including we did these uh, these loan programs from DOE for the Tesla facility, for uh, some of what Nissan did with their facility in, in Smyrna, Tennessee with the LEAF, for what Ford was doing with some of their advanced manufacturing. And that gave us a really, it gave me a really nice perspective to see, wow, here's what's happening with these cost declines and other technologies. Batteries are going down the same curve, and all of a sudden this is gonna really take off, and because it is so much more fun to drive, and because electricity is everywhere, this is really cool. But it took me a while to actually learn it because I felt like I was coming in mid-sentence because there have been all these other, you know, the phrase standing on the shoulders of giants was very much true. And even with, you know, Elon was, was one of the beneficiaries of the loan program and then he paid back his loan early and with interest. So that was a great win-win for the private sector and the government. And now Tesla is where it is in part because of his vision, the ability of capital to come out of the Department of Energy, the, the interest and demand once he was able to take some reservations and show. And, and I think it's really shown the whole country that look what can happen if people want to do this. And so now, uh, you know, we're still having a lot of conversations with Congress because it's in the early days of, of the technology pathway and there's some, some fixes that need to be made. But there are still really great advocates on both sides of the aisle in D.C. figuring out, OK, are we going to need additional stimulus investment for a recovery coming out of COVID? 
almost certainly, let's make sure it's done in a clean way that helps promote EV infrastructure and EV adoption. Yeah, that's wow. so cool. Yeah, that is so. Yeah, cool. no, we, we've always thought that the 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 trick, the, the the reason it's working now, the thing that had to be done is it had to be made cool, right? Yeah. Like the, the 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 cars had to look good, the cars had to feel good, like, and you had to get in it and drive and be like, this is this is amazing, right? I mean, that that's it's just like like anything else, right? For like if if a, if the electric car was was clunky and didn't work well and was kind of terrible, then you'd only get people who are just truly believers into it. Right. But I think a lot of the people who drive around, particularly in Teslas, are, I mean, it's kind of, it's for the trend, right? It's because <laughs> they want to be cool more than they want to help the, I mean, I'm not going to say they don't want to help the environment, but I mean, there's definitely an yeah. aspect of cool yes. to it, right? Especially in LA, <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially here, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. 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 Have you guys seen the um, Have you guys seen the kicking gas video that we did at Veloz with Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, but no. I was going to ask when you brought up Veloz, your the organization. I went to the site and I saw Arnie pop right up at the front, and I was like, "That's awesome! You guys got Schwarzenegger, you know, helping you guys promote electric vehicles. It's that's great. That's great. You, you guys have to check it out when we're done, or or during for all I care, whatever you want to do. He goes undercover <laughs> as a used car salesman, trying to talk people out of buying EVs in the most hilarious Arnold Schwarzenegger fashion. Oh, and, that's awesome. And then obviously brings it back to like, look, here's the benefits. Let's let's go. There's no better time to go electric. And for the guy that electrified a Hummer, it's perfect. I mean, it, he he's such <laughs> a right. great advocate, and he's <laughs> so funny. And that's to the cool factor, that's what we need. And Katy Perry right. retweeted it and uh, awesome. a bunch of folks like that. And so I, I think that's part of this is, and it's part of why I love talking to folks like you guys, because there's all these audiences some of whom are already sold on EVs, some are interested but haven't converted, and some who aren't aren't even in the funnel. And so right. making sure that they they hear from folks, whether it's you know Elon taking the Cybertruck out to take Grimes to dinner, or Arnold Schwarzenegger and his electric Hummer, or any of these other celebrities that have realized this is actually pretty cool, um, that's part of, I think, a, a joint mission that we all have to be, to use a pun, EV evangelists, right? Evangelists for EV. Ah, I like that, that's cool. Nice. Yeah. I'm a fan of puns. I'm a dad. Puns he's, all day, every day. Don't let <laughs> it fool you. He's been a fan of puns since long before he was a dad. He's, this is so true. Every time I get called so out for my terrible puns, I always blame it on my fatherhood. And, and then very quickly, friends like Noel and many others pointed out, and they're like, you were making those jokes when you were 25. You've been a dad since you were six. Yeah. But that's the thing, isn't it? And I think our audience is a, a good one for you to, to meet uh, because yeah. we're we, – we actually uh, we, we pride ourselves and are, are active and going out and, and and looking for people who who uh, haven't necessarily embraced all of the aspects of environmentalism or maybe don't know if it's worth embracing and to try to give them you know little little baby steps into uh, into what it's about to just make it safe make it a little less less doom yeah. and gloomy you know a little, little more light and fun and uh, and 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 we want to know and we want them to know and, and we're finding that our audience does want to know about these kinds of things once they realize that it's not as dangerous as they thought right not as, as wild or crazy as as, as they yeah. thought although yeah. it's kind of wild and crazy when they put that thing in ludicrous mode i mean it, <laughs> it is crazy blows your um, hair back but, but regarding uh, the, regarding what you've got with uh, ev go so how does that like uh, with your competition within in the the industry, how do you guys kind of compare to other 
other charging services? Like, has it? Or, I mean, obviously you're the best. I mean, because you're on our show. But I mean, I mean, what, obviously what is the done. best yeah. just by coming here today. <laughs> well, what is it about you guys that that, 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 that sticks out? Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a great question because I think uh, the the first obvious answer is that we're we're an early mover, right? We've been doing this for about a decade, which inherently gives us kind of a first mover and first learner advantage. So we have this great data set to say like, okay, what's worked? If something worked, we probably tried it. If something didn't work, we probably tried that and learned from it. But the big differentiator isn't necessarily company to company as much as it is business model to business model. And I think that's kind of an interesting perspective that is behind yeah. the curtain a little that I'd be happy to talk about, which is Please. we own and operate our charging stations, which means that we are buying these chargers from a manufacturer, but we're doing the, the siting and the engineering and the design, the construction, the installation, and then ongoing network and maintenance and operations. Wow. All of that, the reason that matters is that we make money from the chargers being used, which means that we have the exact same incentive as the driver. If the charger's not on, we don't make money and the driver's not happy. There are some other business models out there where they either vend and so they're just selling and that all that matters is making the sale, nothing wrong with that, but that's not exactly the same alignment, or they're, they're primarily a networker which means that they get paid a service fee to, to be doing the communications or doing the, the software side. But again, if the charger is used or not is secondary to their revenue model, which means if it's broken, that's really bad for the customer. It's not as bad for that company. So I think from the EVgo perspective, being an owner and operator gets us this great alignment with the customer and makes us utilization driven, which is really good for then our commitment to reliability it's also been really challenging right now during COVID when shelter in place means very few people driving, very few sure. people driving means very few people charging, which has meant a big hit to our business. And we're hoping that people can safely return to driving when they can. Uh, and we'll, we're excited about adoption and seeing some interesting trends in Europe and Asia, where while the auto industry and sales are, are generally soft and, and for obvious reasons, there, there's a disproportionate uptick in EV sales as people are saying, huh, we could keep the clean air we're having from shelter in place mm -hmm. if we all just switch to zero emissions. Or, huh, this is the cool factor. I can buy the Tesla or this new cool EV, like the Ford Mach-E that's coming out, or the new BMW i4 next year, or all these other things that are, that are coming. You're seeing an uptick of interest in Europe and Asia, and I hope it'll be the same thing here. When people are recovering, they say, maybe I want that e-tron instead of that Q5. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Cool. That's awesome. So... So let's suppose that that uh, that I want to go to um, I want to drive to Phoenix in my electric car. Um, how? What kind? No. What kind of electric car? Uh, I'm getting the 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 Ford Mustang. That's the Ford the, Mustang. The new, the new electric Mustang Mach -E. is the one yeah. that I yeah. nice. That's, that's, that's the one I want. Ever since I saw it, I fell in love. Is it yeah, out yet? Is it out yet? It, it should be out this fall. This fall, yeah. awesome. Okay, so it's this I, fall. Yeah. I mean, you I, got you know, it. I, I, I think. I, I mean, I, I haven't seen any public I, data. I, I actually, think it's a 2021 yeah. release. So 2021 yeah. model years usually is 2020 end of the year, right? For it should sure. be soon, hopefully soon. I mean, I, I I won't be able to get it yet because I also am a dad and I have to have cars that are more sensible and it's not a. Sensible Let's just live in the dream for a moment, car. buddy. Just live in the dream. But I've you got, got it. it. You've got it. You're you're gonna I'm go to it. Phoenix in your new electric Ford Mustang. And, uh, and and we're, we're zipping along. Um, how, how much effort or energy, is it even worth the effort and energy right now to make those those little stops, those, those places where you can recharge in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere, uh, that, that you have with, with gas stations, right? Because that's, that's the one, you know, one of the, the advantages that, that having a, a, a gasoline power card 
powered car might have is that you know you can get your gas anywhere. Is there an effort to get more of those or to to improve on that, or is it more we've got to build the build the everyday regular stuff first and then get to it? Yeah, that's a great question because I mean obviously the answer is we need both, uh, and so you know there what we see. For, uh, for most people, especially people that live in apartments, they tend to do the vast majority of their driving around where they live or where they work. So they'll do the right. vast majority of charging around where they live or where they work. So we have to be building out the cities and the metro areas. And so we've really focused on the urban and suburban core, but we've also done corridors where we think it's really important to connect places. So really good example is um, obviously California has been our biggest network. We have the station here, let me, let me switch backgrounds. Yay. And that way we'll do this. See, this is why people need to tune into the video version because they need to see <laughs> yeah. Jonathan. And they need to tune in for the video version to see Jonathan's glorious beard. I just got to throw it that out glorious. there. I'm guessing you, this is a quarantine beard for sure, or do so you normally I've, rock this? I have had a beard probably 90% of my life since I was 20. Nice. I've never had a beard close to this long. It's beautiful. Any it's it's delightful. It's gorgeous. I, I, lots of lots of facial hair fun around here, uh, much yeah. to my wife's chagrin. But, uh, uh, but it was a topic of conversation at a at our board meeting. And so when the chairman of your board is commenting on your facial hair, you're either doing something very right or very wrong. <laughs> either way, you uh, win. I think. Either <laughs> way, everybody wins today. And Noel's looking specifically, you know, very clean shaven today. He's looking uh, I sharp. I cleaned up. You I cleaned look up for good, the day. buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I even I even got the nose uh, hair. What? Getter. You went the oh, extra went, mile. Plucked my eyebrows big time. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Like an endorsement opportunity right there. Product <laughs> <laughs> time. Yeah. Um, All right. So, I, ta- I tangential. Before Jacob so rudely cut you off. You, you guys made it very clear that this would follow rabbit holes even if there were no rabbits. <laughs> so I appreciated the candor. Mm-hmm. Um, so behind me now is a photo at, at uh, let's say, sunset. I can't tell if it's dusk or, or what. Yeah. But, um, of our Baker, California station. Now, awesome. if you're familiar with Baker, you're I familiar am. with it because it's where the world's tallest thermometer is. Yes. Mm-hmm. This it's on the way to Vegas. If you're it's on the way to Vegas. Exactly. Alien jerky is there. Lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you very much know it. Then you know the Dole Whip sign. You know the Mad Creek Diner. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I have oh, a hunch yeah. you've been to Vegas a bit. Yeah. But the point being, well, this is not a densely populated area, but it's a really key route. You can't get to Vegas if you don't have somewhere in between, and Baker is that very key somewhere in between. Sure. So we believe in very much focusing on building and expanding the urban and suburban core and then being strategic about where we're partnering, especially with public agencies and automakers to make sure that we're supplementing, because this is a station that may not be the most economically advantageous for us, but it's key to enabling our drivers to get where they're going. And so as a driver-centric company, we think hard about, okay, this station with its multiple chargers, six different chargers, and its solar-powered canopy and its battery storage, that's going to be a place for us to learn some really cool things. It's also going to be a place to make sure that our customers can connect. So to your point of you trying to go from here to Phoenix, I think that's what, like 400 miles? I'm not, yeah. You know, yeah. I was Roughly. a political mm-hmm. science major, so bear with me. <laughs> um, so if, if you get the Mach-E, which I believe will have a final around 300 mile uh, uh, rating from, from the EPA, so that means you need to stop once, depending on where right. you stop, or you stop twice, depending on where you stop. Uh, and so my hunch is that you probably need to do that anyway for a bio break. So mm-hmm. as long as we've covered that, you should be fine. And then you're going to be in Phoenix. There's EV Go stations in Phoenix. There's other stations in Phoenix. Um, right, we're back in the community. Know, we're here in Scottsdale. Yeah. So yeah. you can absolutely make that trip today. 
you also need to keep an eye on on your route planning. I mean, that's the big difference is before you go, you check and see where you're going. The first time I did an EV road trip was uh, between LA, Palm Springs. I did LA to Palm Springs, Palm Springs to San Diego, and then back to LA. And I did it in a uh, an earlier model Leaf that was like 120 miles of range. So that's, you know, that's a little harder, but a lot of people do it. And especially in California, it's very much possible. Now it's much, much harder to do LA to, uh, you know, Butte than it right. is to do LA to Phoenix. And it, but it's getting better, right? We're building, other companies are building, and we see this uptake happening in a way that it's the early adopters have been phenomenal because they've had tremendous patience. And now that we're in the mainstream, uh, that comes with an urgency to not uh, to to prioritize convenience over patience. That's, That's very great. Cool. I mean, because because I mean to 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 have that loss leader there from the company to have to have a you know charging stations in places where they might you might not get a lot of use right now. It it really does make a difference because you know I mean I, I, people are gonna occasionally want to travel longer distances, go farther away or or whatever, and so to have those spots. You know, more increasingly available is, is going to be great. It's great to see that you're doing that. That's that's yeah. really, really, really. Awesome. Look, no, yeah. some of it I think depends on on your, not you specifically, but the general you, your belief in the automotive sector's um, movement towards ACEs, right? So you, right. we've heard for years the movement of autonomous, connected, electrified, and shared. And so in a world where things are autonomous, connected, electrified, and shared, sure. uh, you're going to see you're going to need a lot of charging, especially in and around the cities. And so you'll need that. You'll still need connectors. You'll still still need things, urban, suburban, exurban. Um, so it is everything. But right now, we think it's really important for people to see them where they live, and it's important to see them on key places where they need to go. Yeah, that's totally. awesome. So uh, I, I had this this my this is my insane thought of the day. Okay. So uh, one of the things you mentioned earlier is that you've got to have. Like the the best way to have it is if it's always charging. Like you've got someone pulls in and there's always a car there. It's always being charged. And when it doesn't need to be charged anymore, there's something else there, right? So, uh, we we uh, our, our real estate agent we moved recently. Our, our company moved to a new place. He 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 had a Tesla and and um and he he he's, he's sitting there and it was like watching the Batmobile. He 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 was with his app and he did something and then the car pulled up, turned on, went around and just stopped right in front of him. Yeah, it was amazing. It was some night rider stuff for sure. It was cool. <laughs> it was cool. So what if there was what if we worked with with uh, with Tesla on that app and you had it so that the charging the moment it was done you could have the the driver give permission through the app through your app that that car could be moved and parked autonomously and then someone else's car could then be popped in the spot and then you'd always have people charging and then no one would ever have to wait in line ever again. Get, get on that, Noel. Start developing it right now. Okay? And you, you could really take <laughs> hey, it to look, the next level if you'd come up with that. <laughs> I, I, love, I love the creativity. I love the thought. It's exactly what we want in terms of high turnover. We've had some interesting conversations about human valets uh, and the pros mm-hmm. and cons of that. Obviously, the autonomous version of it isn't that far off, but it's it's a little not today. Sure. Yeah. Um, but the, the whole concept is really key. And look, part of it is also we've been working to try and make sure that, that EVgo can be electric for all, including Tesla's. Like So right now, Tesla is, to the, to the phone analogy, Tesla is still the lightning cable of the EV charging space. Oh, really? Whereas, okay. All right. uh, whereas the, the, the main public standards are called CCS and Chatamo. 
And so there's CCS, Chatmo, and Tesla. And so we we put at our stations in San Francisco, we put some Tesla connectors into our stations in San Francisco. It's kind of the first non-Tesla stations to have something that you can charge on oh, for wow. Tesla. Otherwise, yeah. you have to bring an adapter from home and, and use that. Um, so we've we've been you know working to see working with uh, our our partners to make sure that we can put those out there and see you know is this getting uptake or not. Um, Tesla drivers often have a very particular set of expectations about their experience, and uh, they obviously really love the the model because for Tesla, charging is not a, a business center. They made it clear that it's it's not a revenue center for the company. Um, but they, like us, are very committed to their customers being happy and having a great charging experience. And so whether it's uh, whether it's your idea, Noel, or any other, we've been trying to figure out what's the best way to serve the customer in a way that is sustainable both economically and environmentally. That's yeah, awesome. That's cool. That's very so my cool. Mach-E that I'm buying, I'll be able to use that pretty yeah. easily in your yeah. EVgo, right? Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Your, your Mach-E, any, so Mach-E is, is, a, is on the CCS standard, as all the American and European cars are. Uh, and so that, that's a pretty straightforward plug-and-play. Yeah. That's and awesome. As you said earlier, that's, that is also the, the, the key kind of change that's happened in the last while is that the, the auto manufacturers are... I mean, they're they're embracing the idea now. It's no longer a, a oh, that's 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 stupid. That's done. That's they're they're jumping in. So yeah. it'll be it'll be cool to see how that goes over the next few years. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think I think putting billions of dollars into retooling means that they're they are all in. I think it, that's the big difference is as opposed to some first early movers and some investments that that were often seen as being small. You have you know GM has retooled. Lordstown, right? Or, or the, not Lordstown, the other one in, in Ohio. They've, we've seen these actual investments from big companies in making sure that you know they can produce the the the, the volumes that they've publicly announced. And so we're we're seeing real dollars and real economic growth in electrification, including in EV manufacturing. And I think that's really a, a great sign, and it's a great sign for customers. Absolutely, yeah. Like uh, Ford and Amazon, right? Didn't they come together? They're making trucks. Yeah, right. yeah. So Ford and Amazon have invested in a company called Rivian, which yeah. is is making uh, electrified trucks. Ford has also announced that they're electrifying the F-150. GM has yeah. announced that they're making an electric pickup truck. I think what everybody has seen uh, is that you've got this great segment of early adopters that loved their cars, and then you've got this other segment of Americans that are in love with their SUV, and they want right. to see that before they'll go electric. And I think that's why the, the Mustang-inspired Mach-E is really interesting for that exact reason. It looks much more like an SUV. Um, okay. Nissan has announced an Aria, which is kind of a crossover between the Rogue and the Leaf. That hasn't come out yet, but it's it's a gorgeous looking car, and it's the same kind of concept of what what do Americans buy more than anything else? SUVs and CUVs. We're going to have to electrify all of them anyway, and now yeah. we're also starting to see electrified delivery vans and delivery trucks, and now you've got buses and Class A trucks. I mean, there's a great big industry that has has sprung up and can continue to grow. Need some early investment. Need to to have some continued public-private partnership, but the momentum is really there. That's awesome. I'm holding out for an electric gremlin. That's what I want, right? <laughs> <laughs> or a uh, Pinto. But you're not. But you're not talking about the car. You want. You want. You want uh, actual I want, gremlins. I want an actual house. from the yeah, film Gremlins. I want yeah. a Mogwai with water spilled on it, turned into a gremlin, and then electrified. That's what I want. Then, That's all. Like, I think they had so one in the second, the second movie. <laughs> I think you're right. I think yeah, you're right yeah. in the in the weirdest movie ever. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna. I you gonna say that you've like kidnapped Zach Galligan and you have his car. Or, like, yeah. going yes. on. <laughs> yes. uh, have you seen Have you seen the the guy that took a Honda Civic and put a Tesla engine into it? 
No. That is awesome. No. That's great. Sorry. Not a, sorry. I stand correct. A 1981 Honda Accord. I had to Google it because I couldn't remember and, what the name was. Okay, an 81 was. Honda Accord, which is a beauty, he, a classic he, beauty. He still had it, and he threw a, a, an electric engine in it, and now it's an <laughs> MV. That can uh, be easy to do. That's, that's got to be a process to put, uh, all, you know, to convert that over. So kudos to that guy. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so we're, we're pretty much we've covered a lot of amazing ground. We're at the end of the show, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to, you know, talk about, you know, anything that EVGO is working on right now or promote anything that's coming up uh, before we wrap things up. Sure. Well, I may be in L.A., but I don't have a new movie to tout. Uh, okay. I will wow. say. Sorry to disappoint. Um, I will say that we one of the big things that was in 2019 that we're continuing in 2020 and beyond is that we became the first North American charging network to become 100% renewable powered. Um, you know, we we felt really strongly about our twin missions. Our, our CEO Kathy Zoy has has constantly said to us, you know, look, we're here for two reasons. One is to build a business where our revenues exceed our costs, and the other is to change the world and save the planet. And we've got a, a yeah. really key role to do that because transportation emissions are the plurality at this point, and we've got we've to bend that curve as quickly as we can. And even though EVs are far better than, than internal combustion engines, even on the standard grid, we heard enough concern from some of our customers that they wanted the peace of mind that we said, fine, we're going to go out and we're going to buy renewable energy credits, and we're going to support solar in California, and we're going to support wind in the Midwest, and, and we're going to make sure that, that we have the, the renewable pathways to be 100% renewable. And so we we are really excited about the fact that that's the case now. We can we can honestly say that, and that we're going to be rolling out some some stickers and decals to like make sure our customers know so that they don't have that concern at all. Um, the Union of Concerned Scientists has done some really good data analysis. Uh, every time there's a new report coming out of are EVs really that good for the with for the environment with a coal-powered grid, the UCS releases an updated da- data set that's like even in West Virginia, an EV is the equivalent of like a 78 mpg ice vehicle and by the way it's getting better every year because of the reduction in carbon uh, intensity of the grid so yes it's better keep doing it and so that's just something that i think i'm really proud of and really excited about and we look forward to to continuing to to grow our network and do so in a way that's sustainable yeah i love it that's great jonathan thank you for coming on the biofriendly podcast we absolutely loved having you on today um is there anything else? we do a long lengthy tag thing so we're gonna let you go before you have to sit here through all that so you can i mean chime are, out, they, but are they good is it like a free flow or we we we, we list off the ones we have so you're more than welcome to stay through it if you'd like it just I mean, it, look i've so, got i've got 10 minutes before my ceo is expecting me so give me some fodder let me okay want to okay. bring through some good stuff all right so noel uh we're ready to do some tags here or are you looking up something? I feel like he's he's he wanted to bring something to the table here. <clears throat> oh no! Somehow my my computer, which is on the same time as my phone, uh, it started ringing because I didn't go to airplane mode because I'm a moron. <laughs> That's so classic, you. I I can't even hear you anymore, Noel. <laughs> Can you hear him, Jonathan? No, audio cut out. <laughs> I'm lip reading all of this, Noel. We, we can't hear you at all. We're lip reading you. <laughs> Do you know him well enough to lip read all of that? Yeah, I got most of it. Actually. I got most of it. <laughs> so, so let's try to lip read our, our tags, Noel, since I can't hear your audio anymore. Ready? Uh, we're your beacon of light in a gloomy environment. 
have the same mind right now because yeah. I come back and we just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we would. No. Yeah, yeah, he said it. He said, so you didn't hear it, Jonathan, but he said not just charismatic megafauna. Um, okay, uh, <laughs> featuring greater parasympathetic nerve activity. He said nature is perfect, just look at eggs. This is really funny for the visual point. <laughs> um, uh, our next one is dolphins don't quit. And then, okay. I... <laughs> Shoot, I can't I can't understand that at all. <laughs> We're just going to say thank you and goodbye. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Jonathan. You're awesome. Uh, we were really excited to talk about EVgo and all the uh, cool things you guys are doing. And uh, thanks for joining us on the BioFriendly Podcast. We'll see you next time. Sure, bye, everybody. Okay, thanks. Bye. It's the BioFriendly Podcast. It's the BioFriendly Podcast.